0: This Tuesday, January 9th, NBA Betting Picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. And start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S. based and legal in forty states. Download Cut today in the App Store. That's K U T T, and use promo code S G P N for a ten percent bonus. welcome everyone to the NBA gambling podcast part of the sports gambling podcast network it is Tuesday January the 9th currently 1107 on the east Coast here to get into the 5 six game schedule here in the association on Tuesday evening and joining me as usual on the Tuesday episodes I got my guy here with me it's Scott Studio Rochelle Scott what's going on my man how are you doing this Tuesday morning
1: they're doing pretty well. Can't complain. Pretty interesting slate in general, but yeah, going to be a little bit of a shorter slate. So I'm assuming we're going to spend some time recapping what happened yesterday. Just talking about what happened.
0: Yeah. Uh, yesterday turned out, uh, I guess we could say a pretty good day, a profitable day. I guess we could say for the pod, uh, both Terrell and I hit our dogs. Uh, Terrell gave out the Utah Jazz money a line Never in doubt. Um, they just came out of the gate on fire. Did the Utah Jazz and didn't even look back. Got a little close in the third quarter. They got it down under ten points of the Bucks, but the Jazz held on to get the victory there. Plus three ten money line dog. Cashes for Terrell and I had the Pacers money line uh, last night. Um, fortunately for me, they were able to um, you know, play with a lot of heart and pride. Yeah, Uh, yeah, especially when uh, Tyrese Halliburton uh, left with a hamstring injury. He's officially listed as a left hamstring strain we'll talk about the some of the injuries that did transpire yesterday in the association so i got hooked on my uh lock yesterday on the charlotte hornets as soon as i saw that the game going to overtime i was like well this is going to shit so uh hopefully we can bounce back as far as the locks uh last night for myself at least but scott i guess we can start with the injuries and then we'll kind of work our way there that's kind of the the uh the the news that's hot right now in the association so the game that I was talking about with the Boston Celtics and the Indiana Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton did leave that game last night. Um, it is classified as a left hamstring strain. Don't know the timeline right now for him, but I do expect him, especially with a hamstring injury, to miss a several weeks here for the Indiana Pacers. And then uh, another bomb that got shot, dropped on us last night, John Morant will, go, uh, will be having season-ending so- shoulder injury uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies, and he's going to miss the rest of the season for the Memphis Grizzlies. So, two of the brighter stars, the young stars, uh, all stars in the association, uh, lose at least one to the rest of the season, and probably another one in Halliburton for uh, an extended period amount of time. Here, Scott.
1: Yeah, I feel like once again with Memphis, even though they were in better form with Ja playing, he didn't play many games. They got off to a bad start of the season because he was out of it, and he was out anyway for different reasons. I was never high on this Memphis team. I know that they were playing better with job, but I think we can agree that it would have been a battle to even get to the plan. And I feel like that would have been the real story for Memphis moving forward. As for Indiana, it's an interesting spot because they were kind of sputtering. Then they figured it out after Carlisle made the girlfriend doesn't, you know, you have to play defense, whatever the, you know, the comedy (laughs) was trying to make was. But it kind of helped them actually. Guard somebody and they were playing some good basketball. But the only concern you have, though, is that over the grand scheme of things, is this team good enough to overcome an absence like Halliburton, who does everything for this team? He's the floor general, he has the ball in his hands all the time. And defensively, this team's not good enough to overcome a sudden, I'd say, decline in their offensive firepower. So I think the Indiana story is a bigger one with Halliburton. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I know Jaws out for the entire season my point is, I don't know what the ceiling for this Memphis team was anyway. They would have been a fun team that maybe would be, best case scenario, what? Like a frisky seven seed? Yeah, like that, I agree. Basically what their ceiling was. So Indiana's yeah. the bigger story for me. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. Hamstring injuries can be tricky. But the point is, Indiana was somewhere in the, I'd say, middle to uh, below half of the playoff spots in the Eastern Conference. So yeah. any, any slump here that could take a couple weeks... Might take him completely out of the playoff picture. So we're going to see what happens with Halliburton. Hopefully it's not serious, but I'm assuming we're in agreement if Indiana is going to be without Halliburton for, let's just say, three, four weeks, let's yeah. say something like that. Do you think they're about to implode, at least in the short term?
0: I think that we'll find out a lot about uh, how good Ben Matherin and TJ McConnell can compensate for the absence of um Tyrese Halliburton, I mean, it's a small sample. They were able to do it last night. But then you're going to need other guys to step up like the Buddy Heels of the World of monster. It's going to have to be a team effort in all these games that Tyrese Halliburton is going to miss. Um, obviously, with the caliber of a player that Tyrese Halliburton is and you know, racking up an automatic 11, 12 assists per night, um, I can put faith in Ben Matherin and, and TJ McConnell to Compensate what Tyrese Halliburton does. Obviously, it's not going to be up to the standards that and and what Halley was doing this season. Um, but I think that they could tread water. Maybe you can just play 500 basketball. Uh, I think they'll be okay because if you take a look at the Eastern Conference standings right now. Right now, uh, Scott, that there's I think there's eight teams that are 21 and 15, so they're going to be battling. I think you know I think till the end of the season. We're getting close to the halfway point of the season. I think most of these teams have played around 35 to 36 games each. So Again, like you mentioned, depending on the number of weeks uh, that Halley's going to be out for the Pacers, I, I think they'll be okay. Um, you know, with T.J. McConnell and Ben uh, Benedict Matherin at that at that guard position.
1: Yeah, I mean, once again, it's going to be tricky though because the entire offense is built around Halliburton. So they yeah, kind of have yeah. to reinvent what they want to do. I said Indiana was kind of in the bottom half of the playoff spots. Technically, they're in sixth, but as you said before, there are a bunch of teams with the exact same record. Luckily mm-hmm. for them, though, the Bulls are in ninth, and they are currently 17-21. and 21. So Indiana yep. does have some breathing room uh, with mm-hmm. a couple of games in hand. But I wanted to at least mention that because if Indiana sputters, they might be a playing team. And sure. I feel like this next stretch without Halliburton can determine what their seating might be.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, I think the team you probably want to roast from last night is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, especially after what uh, Giannis came out and said about how this team needs to um
1: everyone have needs a better to really take accountability and yeah be
0: accountability and play better on the defensive side of the basketball and uh I know he was just joking about the equipment manager and stuff like that but it was funny that after the Jazz did get the victory last night that they immediately tweeted out uh, a little I guess a video of the equipment manager of the Milwaukee Bucks but um I mean we've talked about it a lot this team is just not very good defensively I don't know if we can keep on beating the uh, same drum here but. I don't know. Do you have anything to add about this Milwaukee Bucks team? I think it feels like it's it's the Boston Celtics. It's maybe the Sixers, and then there's a little bit of drop-off to Milwaukee, and then there's a significant drop-off after Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, I have to kind of include Miami, because anytime you have Jimmy Butler, yeah, yeah, who yeah. is really not playing any games in the regular season, because why would he even bother? I have to include him there, because at least they represented the Eastern Conference last year. Yeah, so I have Miami right. in that group as well. They're definitely below Boston. Uh, in terms of overall talent. I think Boston's the most talented team in the league, if I had to mm-hmm. just go from top to bottom roster. But Missoula's the wild card in this whole situation, which I'll keep mentioning, which is why they lost last night to a team missing its best player. So I know Tatum didn't play, but still, you make an argument that Tatum on Boston is less valuable than Halliburton on Indiana. I don't think it's an argument. I think that Halliburton no. is easily the more valuable guy on those no. respective franchises. And it's in Indiana, it's tricky, but in a game where Jalen Brown basically scores 40 points... And Halliburton plays a half. You kind of have to win that game. Just being honest. You kind of have to win that game. So I want to at least mention Miami in the, I'd say somewhat similar grouping for teams that I think can be a dark horse candidate to win the Eastern conference. But I feel like talking about the overall East, I haven't taken Milwaukee seriously for a long time. I know, I know Dame didn't play. I get it, but I also can't, like, ignore the fact that Dame, even though offensively he's a big piece for that team, despite being a little bit inconsistent this year, he can't guard anybody. So Dame right. not being in the lineup doesn't excuse the fact you got torched defensively by Utah. In fact, you can argue that your defense should have been better with Dame on the bench. So the, be- the they're just not really – I can't even describe all the issues with this team because there's a lot to list, but it seems like really there's no sense of cohesion. And maybe it's a chemistry issue or what the story is, but – Everything just feels a bit off, doesn't it? Like Giannis had a yeah. massive 40-point, like 16, re- what do you have, like 46 and 60, whatever the hell he had, against Houston. And they mm-hmm. still lost over the weekend. Now, Houston's yeah. been good at home. You know that because you root for the team. But still, like Giannis gives you that performance, and he has a triple-double last night. I had him triple-double, so shout-out to him. He gave me a nice payday. But still, you got to run out of your building. You're down 31 at home to Utah. I don't care if, Dame, if Dame's playing or not. Utah's an abysmal road team. They have been for a couple of years. I get third full strength. I get they're playing better basketball. You're down 31 at the half. Are you out of your mind? Like we got to at least acknowledge that it's not just a Dame issue because yeah. you, you couldn't use them as an excuse last night because defensively they just weren't there either. But right. I don't take Milwaukee seriously because I don't think they're that good. And I feel like a lot of people are going to look at their talents and go, well, Giannis can do this and this team can do this to be honest have they done anything besides the NBA finals run? Have they done anything?
0: I mean, after that, it's I know that Giannis was it last year, missed, you know, the most of the playoffs with the with the back injury and, and um in and that first round against the Miami Heat. Um I think coaching change has a lot to do with it as well. I feel like I don't know, maybe is AJ Griffin the or Adrian Griffin the answer at that head coaching position. I'm not sure. I know you know you weren't a, a coach Bud fan. I wasn't really high on the guy either, but he did deliver them a championship. And
1: Well, to be clear, I I wasn't a fan of Budenhoser, and then I was on a flight coincidentally with him flying back from (laughs) Milwaukee, and he took his shoes off on the plane, so he immediately was further (laughs) down my power rankings, so that did happen. But, yeah, that happened, I forgot when it was. I think during the summer. Uh, He had like just gotten fired, and he was wearing Buck sweatpants on the plane, and I wasn't sure how to feel about it. Because they just fired him, but he won a ring there. So I really didn't know if that was like a good move or not. But yeah, I sat on the same plane as Bootenhoser one time. So fun fact.
0: Um, but I, I know, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, we keep saying, are they going to be able to figure it out? I mean, we're approaching the 50% mark of the regular season. And it seems like there's good more enough. questions. Yeah, they're not good enough right now. There's more questions than answers. So right now it feels like the East at least will run through uh, the Boston Celtics just because of the talent they do have. And like you mentioned that it is going to be, if Joe Mazzulla can execute and coach down the stretch where it does matter, um, that'll probably be the difference of Boston at minimum getting to the Eastern Conference Finals and then possibly to the NBA Finals, but we shall see. Anything else from last night, Scott, you want to mention before we get into the games for Tuesday night? Yeah,
1: if we're going to talk about uh, one team that's falling apart in the East, we've got to talk about a team that's falling apart in the West because they were struggling recently. They got buried by that same Memphis team that was playing without Jaw in the fourth quarter uh, over the weekend, where or it might have been, was that, was that uh, Sunday? The, the
0: Memphis Sun, and the Grizzlies Phoenix team. game, I think yeah. it was was uh, Sunday, yeah, because they brought on uh, back-to-back Sunday? last yeah. night, yeah.
1: Yeah, so they got outscored, I think it was 35-18 in the fourth quarter at home against the Grizzlies team that we saw without jaw this entire season. They're one of the worst teams in the league, according to record. So they got buried in the fourth quarter and then you figure okay this team we know still sucks uh, they're not playing that much better phoenix is but game against the clippers clippers just lost to the lakers maybe something weird happens they'll put it together a good effort and then they come out and give up 71 in the first half and they know show the second half again so phoenix you can look at the body language you can look at the roster i know all of us absolutely roasted phoenix's offseason during the win total preview for the Pacific Division. We love the under. It was one of our favorite plays. We thought this team would either not take it seriously or the regular season, or just the chemistry wouldn't be there and they wouldn't guard anybody. And it's kind of been both, but mm-hmm. I have to at least ask because I, I hated the Nurkic trade because I think Nurkic is a complete liability defensively. It's not Enos Kanter bad in pick-and-roll defense, but it's it's up there. Like he's a really bad pick-and-roll defender. And Beal, we know, can't guard anybody. He's always hurt. So yeah. I do want to ask you about this team, though, because I don't know what they're supposed to do because Vogel's been really bad, but at the same point, the roster is not very good either. They're the worst fourth-quarter team in the league. I can understand if you're bad at defense. I can get all that, but if you have Booker and Durant and now Beal and you're still the worst fourth-quarter team in the league, I don't know what to tell you because we figured at least the offense would be elite and that would yeah. offset the bad defense, kind of like Milwaukee who can't guard anybody, but they can still score so many points. Their overall record's pretty good. Phoenix isn't even that good offensively. According to efficiency rankings, they're middle of the road, they're bad at defense, and they're terrible in the fourth quarter, and they can't really make any moves because they traded all their assets to get Bradley Beal. So I don't know what they're supposed to do, but you can tell by body language, they kind of hate playing with each other, don't they? I I
0: wasn't a fan of the Phoenix Suns as soon as they hired Frank Vogel. I'm not a Frank Vogel guy. Um, I thought that was the wrong hiring for this team. Um, But I think like you mentioned, I think it kind of goes back to like Brooklyn where they couldn't have the big three there in Duran Harden and Irving on the court at the same time, just because, you know, one guy would be injured or Kyrie Irving had his off the court stuff going on or whatever the case might have been. Um, there's, you're right, there's not a lot of moves that can be made for this team, because around Bradley Beal, I don't think expendable
1: at this point, and Beal's contract's absurd, nobody's going to yeah, take it.
0: Like who's exactly, right? So who's going to be, who's going to want um, the surrounding piece? I'm like, nobody's going to want Eric Gordon. We we were harping on that for the past several seasons for Phoenix to make that trade, um, and then he finally signs with them, but I mean, who do you, you can't really trade him. For that. If you're going to trade someone, it's going to have to be one of the big three. And then I think that, you know, when we heard about the Bradley Beal trade, that it's really set the franchise backwards. Because when is the last time we've seen a, cali- a three caliber of players like Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker win a title?
1: Are you talking about just like a score score first mentality, or what? A, yeah, what actual aspect like, are you talking about?
0: Yeah, probably like scoring, for like offensive output between those. I mean, three players.
1: realistically, as a Nets fan, I can tell you right now. Not to tie this back to Milwaukee, but the Nets probably should have won the title. Like they had, yeah. had injuries. You know, Kyrie sure. rolled his ankle on Giannis, and Harden got injured about a minute into Game One. People forget how badly the Nets buried the Bucks in Games One and Two, and how mm-hmm. close Game Seven was, even with Durant being by himself, with James Harden dragging a foot behind him. So then you can make an argument, you know, like injuries were a big reason for the Nets losing. That type of trade and roster building can work in the right circumstances. I just don't think Beal's good enough to even be considered part of a big three at this point. But if you want to go yeah. all the way back, Jr. is mentioning Miami. I would consider Cleveland if you want to include Kyrie and Kevin Love. If you want to count Kevin Love in that same sentence, that could be an I was going to say
0: like Durant. The
1: Warriors with Durant. Yeah. 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 I mean, once again, I I'm, I'm trying to go time. through yeah. it on top of my head. Probably Warriors with Durant, but that's the last one I could think of where you had like a serious big three. Yeah, but but that's at that time, what I'm looking at,
0: Durant and Curry would probably work at when Durant was on the Warriors. Kevin Durant and Steph Curry were two of the top seven players in the NBA at the time. And
1: Clay Thompson was still an elite defensive player. I feel like that's yeah. kind of the problem that you run into with Phoenix is that they have a couple of guys. Durant's viewed as being a good defender. I think he's more of a good help defender, in my opinion. I'm not sure if he's a great, like, on ball guy. Booker's improved, but he's not exactly a stopper by any means. No, and Beal's no. a traffic cone. And yeah. we know Nurkic is abysmal in pick and roll. So they're constantly in switches and get torched. So they I don't know what they're supposed to do because you can look at the supporting cast and go, well, maybe trade like Grayson and Allen and some other pieces, but that's the kind of guys they need on their team. They need exactly. better role players. So I don't you're you're just stuck. Nobody's gonna want yeah. Beal. You're not gonna trade Booker. Do you flip, Do you trade Durant after give up four first round picks and Mikael Bridges about a year and a half ago? Like I don't know what the hell you're supposed to do. You're kind of just screwed.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I think that again, it's it's gonna be it, again another team with more. If so, hypothetically, if we had the if you, let's just say the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks made it to the finals, who would you pick hypothetically?
1: The Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I'll take the Bucks.
0: Okay. I think I would too.
1: I have more faith in Milwaukee's offense, and the fact is, once again, no matter how bad the team is defensively, it makes no sense. Phoenix is this bad offensively. At least the Bucks, with star power, have been able to put up points because that's what they were supposed to do. Phoenix is just lost on both sides of the ball. That's the main issue.
0: Yeah, Ari Gomez making a, I guess a, a a sensible point, and I think something I agree with. They can trade for Drummond, and actually. I'm starting at the center position. He's been pretty good filling in for, you know, Nikola Vucevic at the time. He's been out rebounding so the trading, basketball. You
1: trade Nurkic back.
0: I mean, I think there's something they could work out. And and I think Drummond is, is a guy that can give you a solid 15, 20 minutes defensively. He can rebound the basketball very well. We've seen that in the absence of Vucevic. I'm not saying that's going to solve all their problems, but it'll give him some definite rim protection. Um, you know what the what Drummond brings to the table for for you know the Chicago Bulls right now, but I don't know, man. Again, it's 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 gonna be tough for this Phoenix Suns team to make it like we mentioned, to make any type of trades when it comes to the trade deadline uh to improve this roster. But I school, I, I yeah. I mean yeah, they're yeah, pretty much. That's just what it might is. Miss,
1: yeah. They might miss the playoffs. Like it's that bad with this team. They might miss the yeah. playoffs.
0: Uh all right, anything else from uh, last night, Scott?
1: I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really called my eye. It was most of the Milwaukee getting blown out by 31 in the first half uh, yeah. at home, which was the mm-hmm. main uh, takeaway. And Phoenix, I had to mention, I thought the Clippers would win the game anyway because they're just more talented. But yeah. not really. OKC won a high-scoring game against Washington. Uh, I saw Kuzma had like 14 rebounds. So once again, OKC doesn't need another rebounder. Good win for Miami, but Houston never wins any road games, so no offense. So not exactly surprised there. No, that's basically not. it. But once again, just to touch upon the the uh, Suns game once again, they were down eight at the half, and they lost the game by twenty-seven. They got outscored thirty-seven to twenty in the fourth quarter. Yep. Like that, the last two games you've been outscored by basically seventeen in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's a serious problem.
0: Yep. All right, uh, before we get into the games for the Tuesday night schedule here in the association, uh, let me tell everyone about DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. You know I'm going to be all over my Texans uh, this weekend uh, in the NFL playoffs. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus events expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. And we're also brought to you by Game Time. We're at that time of the year where NFL playoffs are kicking off uh, this weekend. NBA season, full swing, college basketball, NHL. Uh, is in full swing as well. UFC starts back up this weekend as well. And you probably want to get out to some of these sporting events. And not only sporting events, but you also have a, a music concert that's in your area, a comedy show or a theater that's near you. Let GameTime help you out to find tickets to all those events happening near you. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. Some of the great things about their app, they have flash deals and last-minute tickets available. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They give you images of the seat views before you actually purchase the tickets and their lowest price guaranteed. Also, event cancellation protection as well. So forget playing months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and much more. Also, the game time guarantee means you'll get always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two, two taps, and you're all set to go. And the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email box or wait for them in the mailbox if they're going to get lost. Nope, they are sent directly to your phone. Snag the tickets without stress with game time. It's perfect for the playoffs. Download the game time app, create an account, and use promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Scott, let's get into the schedule here for tonight in the association. Uh, Another short schedule here, but we will dive right into it. Let's go to the first game. On the East Coast, the Sacramento Kings, they are traveling to the Motor City to take on the Detroit Pistons. Currently, as it stands, the Kings are an 11-point road favorite in this game with a total of 240. Um... Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Sacramento Kings, particularly an injury report, only player that is questionable tonight is going to be Trey Lyles. He is dealing with a right ankle sprain. Uh, For the Detroit Pistons, uh, Cade Cunningham is going to be out, I think it's at 7 to 10 days is what I saw this morning. He's dealing with a left knee strain. Uh, Isaiah Stewart is going to be out for this game as well, and Monte Morris continues to be out for this Detroit Pistons team as well. Let's start with the side here, Scott, minus 11 in favor of the Sacramento Kings in Detroit here tonight.
1: I think I have to lie it. I, I don't feel <laughs> great about it once again with, you know, the Kings being in bad form. And I've criticized the Kings roster construction for a couple months at this point. Having said that, we know Detroit is one of the worst teams of all time. And the only bright spot on the entire team, besides Durin, who's had some injury issues, was Kate. Who had a pretty good, you know, a couple performances there, a couple forty pieces against the uh, Nets, for example, and I think the game before that he had forty and change. But in the middle of that losing streak, he was giving them some production. Now, what are you going to do? You're going to give boosted minutes to Jaden Ivey and Killian Hayes? Like, is is that the is that the new approach? Like, I think think you're screwed. This team is one of the worst teams I've ever seen. They're the worst team in the entire league, and I think they're going to get buried. So, the Kings are a team that once again got destroyed at home by New Orleans. New Orleans owns that team, so I'm really Mm -hmm. not going to read too much into it, but they were down 50 with no Zion in the third quarter in a home game, which is embarrassing, but I do think they're going to bounce back based on the spot. Mike Brown's a coach that doesn't really tend to let these bad performances roll over into other performances. I do think that you're looking at a spot where Mike Brown will get his team up for at least one game. You can argue teams might be overlooking Detroit with an okayed, after trailing by 50 in the previous game at home, that's not going to happen here. And the Kings are going to be motivated, and they'll be ready to roll, and I do think they'll end up burying this team. I'm on Sacramento. If the if the Pistons end up covering, then that means Boyan probably had a massive game, and I do think you're looking at maybe Ivy props uh, if, once again, you're going to see Ivy getting a bigger role with Cade not being in the lineup. But I do think that Fox, Monk, and Durin, are I'm I'm trying to think about this. Uh Fox, Monk, and Sabonis. Three best players on the court in this game. Out of order, but I'm saying mm. you have Fox, Sabonis, and Monk.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: And then probably yeah. Durins at four. Yeah.
0: If you're gonna Durin. give me a team
1: with the three best players on the court, I'm gonna take you to win the game by a decent margin. So I'm gonna go with Sacramento in this spot.
0: Yeah, it's I think the only pause that I do have about the Sacramento Kings is that. Their defense over the last three games has just been absolutely brutal. Now, like you mentioned, this Detroit team oh, over the past couple of weeks or at least the last week or so, they've shown some type of pride on the offensive side, but that's pretty much been led by Cade Cunningham. Um, and it's not new territory for this team to play without Cade in this game. Um I'm just not comfortable laying it with the Kings here. Um, Do they feel
1: less comfortable taking points with the Pistons? Yeah,
0: so I'm not going to have actually money on the side. I'll lean with the Pistons again. I'm not going to have a single dollar on the spread here. I think my more favorite play would probably be the Kings team total to go over in this game because the Pistons defense over the last five games has is the absolute worst. As far as defensive rating goes, 127.9. They're right down there with the Milwaukee Bucks that we talked about at the top of this episode, the Golden State Warriors, who haven't been very good defensively. The Wizards, we know this season have not been very good, and there are the Pistons at the bottom uh, of the barrel as far as defensive rating goes. Um, but like you, like you, I think, like you mentioned, Scott, that this Kings team has probably the best three players on their roster. And then you look at Jalen Duran. Um, so I think they have a lot of offs- offensive success in this game due to the Sacramento Kings. And I think that they want to get that bad taste out of their mouth with kind of what's transpired for them over the last week or so. So I'll take the Kings team total over as my favorite play in this game. Do you have any thoughts on the total or any team totals in this game?
1: I'm not going to take an under. Like if the Kings scored 140, it wouldn't shock me. I don't mind no. a Kings wire to wire win. I know that Fandle uh, or some other books have potential props of team to score 100 points in the first three quarters. Yeah, I don't mind that either for Sacramento in this game, but I think you're going to see a lot of points. I do think that if you're looking at a fun angle, which uh, Adam Rosenberg and I are going to try out, we're going to try to do a money line rollover parlay uh, with the Pistons uh, starting today. They've lost 32 of the last 33 games. A money line rollover means you just bet the money line in the game tonight for whatever amount you want. Take the winnings from this game and just roll it over into the next game, and we're going to see how long it lasts because last time they were this bad, they lost 28 straight. They're at four, and Cade's out for about a week and a half. So we're going to see what happens. But yeah. once again, I think if you put in 100 bucks, you want a casual $18. So that's going to be the first <laughs> uh, step in what can be a pretty fun exercise. So I got that going for uh, me and Adam as well.
0: Uh, player props in this game. Anything you're looking at?
1: Yeah, I think for this one, I'm going to be looking at – the only concern is blowout stuff. Like I'm really yeah. concerned that the Kings might go up by a ton and then – Bench everybody, but I mean, I think I have to just go with the star power for Sacramento. Uh, I don't mind Keegan Murray threes, though. Uh, I think that he can be in line for a good game as well. Uh, But it's mostly just going to be Fox and Sabonis just beating this team to death. So I think you're looking at those two. Monk off the bench is going to help, but I just don't think the Pistons are going to offer any resistance. You mentioned how bad Detroit's defense has been. And now Cade is out and he gives them some length at least. So they don't even have that. Do you want to make a case for like Ivy props or I'm not taking Hayes props, at least for points, maybe assists for his, because he's incapable of actually scoring a basket, but I think yeah. he can pass the ball to some teammates.
0: I was trying to look, because this was, was something that transpired last season with Killian Hayes was stepping in for Cade Cunningham. Wasn't a much of a score, but the rebounds and assists for him, uh, were going over, uh, the projection by the books, uh, especially over on DraftKings. um, He averaged 6.3 assists. I think it was really the assists that we're going over. So he averaged 6.3 assists last season uh, without uh, Cade Cunningham in the lineup. Do you see a number on that for him right now? Oh, let me see. I got it right here. Um, Six and a half at plus 114. So they already kind of know. I think I'll probably look at Bogdanovich. I think he would get yeah. probably the bulk of the shot attempts at least. I think the
1: main two is Bogdanovich and Burks if I think yeah. he's going to get the main boost offensively. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And again, like you mentioned, for the Kings side, again, if it turns into a 30-point game, uh, entering that fourth quarter, and then they pull their starters because obviously they don't need to be out there, then, you know, Mike Brown's talking. And they're on a a front end of a back-to-back as well, Are the Sacramento Kings. So they go to Charlotte tomorrow. Um, So, yeah, I'll I'll probably stay away from props in this game, at least. Anything else for this game?
1: No, not really. I, I think the Kings probably win this game. I'll tell you what, they should win this game by at least 20. I'm not sure if they're going to, but after trailing by 50 at home in the previous game and you're against the worst team in the league and they're missing their best player, you kind of have to win this game by 20 plus points.
0: Yep, 100%. All right, before we continue the conversation here for the betting picks here for tonight, let me tell everyone about the newest sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That is going to be Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes and tons of fun social features that give it a feel of a betting social network. Cut offers lower VIG and customizable odds. Create your own bets. Cut handles the payout payment side of things, so you never have to chase down anyone for money. Social features equals group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and more. There's also rewards. Get cash back on every single time you bet against your friends or other users. So download Cut today in the App Store. That's K-U-T-T. And use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. That's K-U-T-T, promo code SGPN. And Ross, are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy gives you the opportunity to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long, whether it's the NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. Stay tuned at the end of the episode. Scott and I will put together our Underdog Fantasy entry for the Tuesday night schedule in the association. So you guys can watch along. You can make you maybe make your over uh make your own picks and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you deposit with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. So again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. All right, Scott, let's get into the next game here on the schedule. We got the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are headed to uh, Orlando to take on the Orlando Magic in this game. Currently, the Wolves are a five-point road favorite in this game with a total of 216 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams here, let's start with the um, Minnesota Timberwolves. Pretty clean injury report for them. Nobody of significance is on this uh, injury report. For the Orlando Magic, Wendell Carter Jr. is out. Gary Harris is out. Uh, Joe Ingles is out. Franz Wagner is out as well. And Jonathan Isaac is out as well. So it seems like half of their roster is going to be out for this game. Um Let's start with the side here. Um, Scott Wolves minus five on the road here in Orlando.
1: I get the line because Orlando's missing a lot of guys, but I think I'm going to take the points in this spot. Minnesota is a team that I've had a pretty good read on recently. I called them fraudulent last week, but I did pick them to beat Houston uh, because I just thought it was a good matchup for them, and I thought that Houston offensively didn't exactly possess enough weapons to actually match Minnesota, and they got buried. Then they played Dallas, and they lost immediately after that, but Orlando's been missing some guys, and Moncaro's been great the last couple games. He's really embraced a bigger offensive role ever since Franz in particular got injured, but you're looking at the supporting cast, and Harris is out, and all these other guys, but... Yeah, Caleb Houston just shows up and casually hits seven threes. So I guess they're just fine. Uh, Suggs has been good as well. So, of course, I like him a lot more than I like Mike Conley. Uh, But I think looking at this matchup, I'm going to lean to Orlando at home. They've been a very good home team this season. Getting five or five and a half against the Minnesota team that has lost three of four, I find intriguing. I'm going to lean to Orlando here. I think that they were mispriced against the Hawks. Then again, everyone's a misprice against the Hawks because of the worst ATS team by country mile in the entire league. So I'm going to lean to Orlando. I just think at home, it's too many points.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think this was probably the fishy line of, I guess, the day we can say, at least for me. Um, That wise, the Timberwolves only laying five points uh, against Orlando Magic team where half of the roster is pretty much decimated. But. Like you mentioned that this, this Wolves team has just not been very good on the road this season, 11 and eight straight up. Yes, but only eight and 11 against the spread uh, are the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road, 12 and seven towards the over. Like you mentioned, they did lose uh, the last game against Dallas on the road where they, I think they only scored. I want to say two points, like in the final three and a half to four minutes against the Dallas Mavericks. So I think that was a little bit telling for me. Um, so give me the Orlando Magic here, plus the five. Any thoughts on the total here, Scott?
1: I think I'm going to lean under in this game. I do yep. still like both teams defensively, and I've said this multiple times, but Minnesota's scoring depth's a serious problem for them, not for other teams. They, they basically need Ant to score 35 points in every game because they don't have enough guys who can actually manufacture their own offense. Towns, we know, can. Uh, he's a bit inconsistent, but he's had a good year. But going through the game against Dallas, scored 108 points. Mm-hmm. They had three guys on the entire team who scored 10-plus points. Towns at 24, Edwards at 36, Reed had 15, Gobert had 9. That was it. That was it. Gobert had 9, Conley had 9. So when you have three guys, only two starters, who can consistently get you 10-plus points, I'm not going to think that highly of you. So I think Orlando can, can actually be able to stop this team offensively, and I do know with... Go bear and with towns and with a lot of good defenders that Minnesota has, they're going to trade off some good offense for better defense. I like the under. I think you're going to see a rock fight. Might be first to like 105 wins this game, but I'm Mm going to lean to the under here. This line feels a bit high.
0: Yeah, I should have mentioned uh, when we're talking about the spread that the Orlando Magic 13 and three uh, straight up at home and 12 and four against the spread, and they are 10 and six towards the under. Um, and I think for the Minnesota Timberwolves, they are on the front end of a back to back where they do play the Boston Celtics tomorrow in Boston. So maybe a bit of a look at spot for Minnesota, uh, going up against Boston tomorrow. But, um, yeah, I think I would lean towards the under here as well. I think that, you know, both these teams are not the fastest paced teams, at least over the last five games. The Orlando Magic are, let's see here. 24th as far as pace goes, Minnesota 26. So they are bottom 8 as far as or sorry, bottom 7 as far as pace goes over the last 5 games and then you take a look at defensive efficiency. Uh we've talked about how Minnesota has been really good um on the season, especially at home defensively, but they're still top 10 over the last 5 games as far as defense goes and I think if Orlando wants to win this game, um it's going to have to be on the defensive end as well. I don't think they're going to want to try to go out there and score uh Minnesota. So Under for me here as well. Uh, Player props in this game here. Scott, what are we looking at?
1: I think I blindly got to go back to Suggs in some capacity because he's gotten a bigger role ever since Wagner got injured. And we know Suggs is an extreme confidence guy because he's going to keep shooting. He thinks that he's going to make every shot for better or worse. So I don't mind Suggs threes in this game. Uh, I know Minnesota is pretty good at defending the three ball, but once again, I think the volume might trump that. Uh, but looking at the numbers here, I quickly just wanted to pull up uh, Suggs' threes. Um, sorry. Just I, a, I have it if you public. want it. Yeah, what's the uh, threes for Suggs?
0: So last five games, uh, one of seven, but then he went three of seven against the Warriors, six of 12 against the Kings, seven of nine against the Denver, uh, Denver Nuggets, and then four of seven in the last game against the Atlanta Hawks.
1: Yeah, and as prop for this game, I'm assuming it's around two and a half. But I guess
0: for this game he is at yeah two and of, a half yeah two and a half minus one thirty on draft. He's good.
1: I mean I see minus one twenty. He's he's gone over in four of the last five, so I am pretty tempted by that just based on volume. I like yeah. the points though. I think 15 and a half is too low for a guy that plays that many minutes and for a guy that's such a key piece of this team. So I don't mind Suggs over there. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else I want. Like I. Got, Gobert rebounds, I we we made a pact together that we just weren't going to take again, uh, but it's a yeah. decent matchup for him. Yeah. <laughs> Do I just blindly consider Boncaro? Because if Orlando's going to win this game, how else are they supposed to score?
0: Yeah, I think you have to. Um, because, I mean, he's pretty much pricked up the production with everybody that's been out for this Orlando Magic team, and it's been showing up, obviously, in the box score. Uh, he's had, let's see, over the last three games... Or like even the last five games, he's averaging 33 points per game, 20 sec, 28, 27, 43, 32, and 35. So he scored at least 30-plus points in uh, three uh, three straight games for the uh, Orlando Magic. And the shot volume, he's averaging 23.6 shot attempts uh, per game in the last five games. So I think, it, like you mentioned with Jalen Suggs in the three-point volume, I think for Paolo Panqueiro, it's pretty much the same thing as far as, getting the shot volume as well uh, for him to get the points.
1: Uh, It's mostly just based on shot volume as well. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I think that's basically it. I mean, if you expect Ant to go back at him, then maybe Ant points as well. But, I mean, once again, Ant's the only guy that I can see as a guard who could actually create his own shot on this team. So, I don't know if they're going to send Suggs on him. I don't know what Orlando's going to do. But, at some point, aren't you just better off double-teaming Edwards and just daring like Mike Conley or Daniel McDaniels to hit shots? I think at
0: yeah, I think at some point you you have to entertain that idea. Um, because I think when you mentioned it that Minnesota, their only primary score or their most consistent score is Anthony Edwards, and then maybe you get cat, but then after that, um, you know, I it's it's there's a significant fall off. Almost the argument um, is you let
1: Edwards go nuts, you stop everybody else and you win games. Because you can go a couple ways about it, but once again, I'm really just not a fan of the supporting cast. At least offensively, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't mind Nas Reed points in this game, but yeah. once again, that's the only. You can argue Nas Reed's the third best offensive player on the entire team. Like you can make that argument.
0: Consistent, yeah, I think yeah. So Coming off the go. bench, sure, yeah. All right, next game on the schedule here, Scott. Let's get over to the Portland Trail Blazers. They are in Madison Square Garden. Take on the Knicks here tonight. Knicks are currently a 12-point favorite in this game with a total of 228 and a half. Now is the updated number. Uh, I'll change the banner on that. But uh looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start here with the uh road team, the Portland Trailblazers. Their injury report consists of DeAndre Ayton, who is doubtful. Moses Brown is out. And then Jabari Walker and Matisse Thibel are both questionable here tonight with um, left knee and right foot injuries, respectively. For the New York Knicks, pretty clean injury report. Of course, the only player that's on there is Mitchell Robinson, who is out for the year. Um, let's start with the side here. Scott, minus 12 in favor of the home team, the New York Knicks, hosting the Portland Trailblazers.
1: It's a lot of points. Uh, my Nets lost to the Blazers over the weekend because, of course, the Nets beat the Thunder and then lose to the Blazers. But still, I'm gonna. I think I have to lean to the Knicks, right? I mean, this team with OG has been incredible. Like, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to suddenly yeah. expect them to slip up here. You can argue that maybe the Knicks will be full of themselves because they've beaten some good teams. But if you beat Philly by 30, like, I'm gonna assume they're gonna be able to beat Portland by 12. Portland's <laughs> not a great team. Brogdon's been good recently. Simons, as we know, can be extremely solid at times. He's very streaky, but he is very when he's on, he's very, very fun to watch. The Knicks defensively are just a really good unit with OG because they can send a lot of bodies, a lot of different looks. They have Hart, DiVincenzo, you could throw an OG, a lot of really good defensive players on this team. And I really haven't missed seeing quickly or Barrett on this roster. Barrett, I'm not a fan of. I know he had 30-something the other night. Have fun, Toronto. I'm not a fan. Quickly, I like as a player, the issue is, once again, you got rid of a bench guy and you got yourself a full-time starter who can play 40 minutes a game. So I just think the Knicks roster got better because the starting lineup got better. And Mm -hmm. I do think you're looking at a spot where the Knicks defensively can really throw a lot of different looks at Portland. And I don't think Portland can do the same I gave up 40 to Mikael Bridges. So have fun trying to guard Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. So I'm going to go ahead and lean to the Knicks here. I know it's a lot of points. I get it. But based on the current form of this team, since the OG trade, I'm going to keep backing them until they lose. I
0: think for me, like you take a look at their four-game winning streak here for the New York Knicks. Um, You mentioned like,
1: yeah,
0: they've been very good defensively. They haven't given up more than 106 points. Um, in any of those four wins, so they gave up 105 to the Wizards, 92 to the Sixers. Yes, that was without Joel Embiid. Um, they gave up 100 to the Chicago Bulls, and then 106 to the Minnesota Timberwolves in that game. And it comes just down to the fact is Portland going ne- to be able to score enough points, um, to keep up with the New York Knicks because they've been very good offensively as well, led by, like you mentioned, Jalen uh, Brunson and Julius Randle. So it does seem like a lot of points here, but I'm going to I'm going to lay it here with the New York Knicks. Um, I think like it's just the fact that how good this team is defensively now for me um, that I think that that's where the separation will come from for this uh, New York Knicks team. And being at home, uh, I do like the spot here for the New York Knicks minus 12. Neither of these teams are on a look ahead here or on the front end of a back to back. Uh, let me just double make or double check that here. So Portland does not play tomorrow, and neither do the New York Knicks. So not a really a look ahead spot for either team uh, as far as the schedule goes. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's go to the total here. It has gone up. I guess money coming in on the over here at two twenty eight. Here, Scott, I think it would just make sense to just look at the Knicks team total to go over in this game.
1: Yeah, because once again, I'm not sure Portland's going to score. You mentioned how good the Knicks' defense has been, so I feel like I'm kind of obligated to at least consider taking a Portland team total under, Knicks team total over type of game. But I can see this getting ugly. Like I I really think the Knicks can bury this team. So, yeah, I'm probably going to lean to the Blazers team total under, but that's kind of the only thing I'm tempted by for the total.
0: Um. Yeah, next team total for me. Let's get to player props in this game. Anything you're looking at?
1: Uh, I mean, I they might once again, this might be a blowout game, but I think Brunson probably goes crazy in this game. Uh, you can argue that Randall might, but I think Brunson is just the guy who has the ball a bit more. I think Brunson can go for 30 somewhat easily against this defense, so I don't mind that potential angle. Hardenstein rebounds, definitely worth yeah. a look. He's been great for this team, especially mm-hmm. with uh, the recent trades they made does seem like a uh, Randall can still get rebounds is I'd say kind of willing to just let Hardenstein be active, which is what he should be doing. So I like Hardenstein rebounds as well. Maybe Hardenstein blocks in this game. Uh, Portland does allow a lot of blocks. So I do think that Hardenstein blocks is worth consideration for this game.
0: Um, Yeah, I was going to mention Hardenstein rebounds uh, in this game. Um, the, uh, you mentioned the blocks as well. The Blazers are allowing three and a half blocks to the, Center position over the last two weeks, yeah. Oh, sorry, for the entirety of the season, and then over the last two weeks, um they're giving up 14.3 rebounds. Are the Portland Trailblazers to the center position, and they're also, like you mentioned, they've been not been very good against a point guard position. They're allowing 34.2 points per game to that point guard position. So, I think that's something similar that we talked about with the Kings game. Is that if you want to get beyond some Knicks props. Um, it could turn into a blowout, and you know they could be sitting their starters in the, um, you know that fourth quarter, where you're trying to get those couple of more points. If you are betting any overs on the player props, where they're not going to be coming back into the game. So, every um, Simons, you mentioned it for the Portland side.
1: That's the only Is guy the... I fully expect to chuck enough to go over his point total. Yeah, but
0: um, other than that, it's I mean Jeremy Grant maybe you would look at, but.
1: I don't know, was really good in overtime against the Nets, but he's not he's willing to defer, though. Like, it's tricky for points props because, you know, Simons and Grant and Sharp are basically taking all the shots for this team. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. All right. Um. Not much else for this game. You have anything else? No, not really. All right. Uh, before we get over to the last couple of games here for tonight, let me tell everyone about Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL and NBA season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as was well an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets for crowd more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit HOFbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, let's get over to the last two games on the schedule here for tonight. The first one is going to be the Memphis Grizzlies. They are in Dallas tonight to take on the Mavericks. Mavericks are currently a nine point favorite in this game uh, with a total of 235. Uh, Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, obviously for the Memphis Grizzlies, we talked about it at the top of the show. John Morant is done for the year. Um, Santi Aldama is doubtful tonight. Brandon Clark continues to be out. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is questionable here tonight for the Memphis Grizzlies. Derrick Rose is going to be out as well. For the Dallas Mavericks, Luka is probable tonight with a right ankle swelling. Dante Exum is out tonight. Maxi Kleba continues to be out. Derek Lively is going to be out for this game as well. And Grant Williams is probable here tonight for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Scott, let's start with a side here, a minus nine in favor of the Dallas Mavericks. I think my question is, is this a spot where, is this a letdown spot for the Grizzlies knowing that you don't have John Moran for the rest of the year? Or is it, hey, no, no, maybe let's get up against a Western Conference opponent here and see what kind of happens for our team?
1: I think I have to wait for the Jaron Jackson news. I know I've given him some crap before because I don't think he rebounds the ball at all, but he has been good at rebounding recently. He's had nine plus rebounds in two straight games. He's had at least 24 points in three straight games. He's been really good, and he had 28 against the Suns in that last game. So I might actually have to wait on this, but I think if Jaron Jackson plays, I might be tempted by Memphis in this game at nine. I think nine's a lot of points, but if he doesn't play, then I'm definitely going to end up going with Dallas because I don't think that Memphis has any body. So I'm going to have to wait this out. I personally think Jaron's not going to play. So I'm going to lean to Dallas for now. But once again, nine's a lot of points and Memphis has been kind of frisky recently with or without Jaw, because they ended up beating Phoenix without Jaw, courtesy of a good fourth quarter. So I think I'm going to lean to Dallas solely on the belief in my opinion that Jaron Jackson's not going to play, but if he does play, I might end up leading to Memphis.
0: Yeah, I think that for this Mavericks team, um, especially at home this season where, well, number one, this team is relatively healthy, right? Obviously, there was that period in time where Kyrie Irving was out for this Mavericks team and Luka was just going uh, bonkers. But um, the only part that scares me about this Mavericks team is they usually don't win by margin at home. They are 11-7 and seven straight up. Uh, And only nine and nine against the spread at home this season. But you take a look at the Memphis Grizzlies side of things that obviously know John Moran, they're missing some role pieces. Like we mentioned, triple J is questionable here tonight. So where outside of Bain does the scoring come from for this uh, Memphis Grizzlies team, right? Because we saw early in the season that Desmond Bain was putting up an incredible amount of shot volume in the absence of John Moran. I think he's going to obviously have to go back to that now without John ran for the rest of the season, but for the Dallas Mavericks, it's like, all right, I have Luca on this team. I have Kyrie Irving on this team. I have guys that can knock down three point shots. Derek Jones jr. Has been filling in very nicely. Um, you know, as far as a role player and with some of the injuries that they are dealing with on their role players, for the Dallas side, um, he was big in that game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, I think I'm going to lay it here with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I just don't think there's enough right now. And maybe, that, like I mentioned, the tires may be deflated a little bit for this Memphis Grizzlies team, knowing that they don't have John Morant. And he also mentioned that we probably want to wait for the Triple J news. He's obviously questionable in this this game. I want to say he had 44 against the Dallas Mavericks. Was it this season or was it last season uh, did Triple J? He had 44
1: against Houston. He had 41 against Dallas. Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah. So, um, but nonetheless, I'm gonna, I'll lean here with uh, the Dallas Mavericks in this spot here. Any thoughts on the total in this game here, Scott?
1: Uh, uh, I don't know if I have much, to be honest. I don't, I don't have much for this game. I think, I think I'll lean under, but there's no way I'm betting a total. I'm probably not going to bet this game at all, but
0: fair enough. Uh, any player props?
1: I've, don't I kind of have to take Marcus Smart threes <laughs> at two and a half? Oh, I, I mean, he had, Marcus what, Smart. seven against the Lakers over the weekend, and he just, he's going to get the ultimate green light. We know Marcus Smart, <laughs> one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of him, is because he has never seen a shot that he doesn't like, and he's not a great shooter. But the last two games, he has had yeah. eight threes and four threes. And to go through the attempts, he made eight threes on 14 attempts against the Lakers and he made four threes on 13 attempts against the Suns. You're telling me two and a half plus 106?
0: Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, I
1: think that's 206. The he took 13 threes in back-to-back games. Yeah, give <laughs> me the over. Like, that's a crazy number.
0: Uh Yeah, 100%. I completely forgot about Marcus Smart until you actually mentioned his name. And Dallas, uh, over the last five games, they are bottom 10 as far as three-point defense goes, allowing 14 makes per game. Uh, And they're allowing, let's see here, Dallas, um, the second most attempts uh, over the last five games as well. Unfortunately, teams are not able to knock it down against them because they're only shooting it at 32.9%, which is the fifth best over the last five games. But with all the injuries, like we just talked about for this Memphis Grizzlies team and Desmond Bain, that's going to get attention. And like you mentioned that Marcus Smart, doesn't uh ever have a shot that he doesn't think is gonna go in. I think just off of pure value, volume, we have to take Marcus Smart here over two and a half threes. I think that's a great call. Um, potential ladder as well, man. I mean, got to see a world where he knocks down four. Absolutely. I wonder what the number is on that for uh, Marcus Smart here tonight. Let me see if we can find it.
1: Uh yeah, uh, four threes is three to one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we gotta sprint. I
1: might give that out that. later. But yeah. once, once again, right. it's a spot where he's going to chuck it like 10 plus times. Got to at least play the math.
0: Yeah. All right. Anything else for this game?
1: No, not really. Uh, once again, I don't really know what to think about this game, but I went from not betting it to being all over Marcus Smart three props. <laughs> so that's kind of how that happens. But
0: <laughs> This is why we do the pod. Yeah, we do it on we the gotta show. sometimes You, so yeah. you
1: got to adjust <laughs> on the fly.
0: All right, last game of the night here, Scott. We got the new look Toronto Raptors. They are in Hollywood to take on the Lakers. Lakers currently laying five points in this game with a total of 236. Uh, Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, we'll start here with the Toronto Raptors. Yaka Perto is out for this game. He has a left ankle sprain. Otto Porter Jr. is doubtful for tonight. He has a right knee sprain. Uh, Christian Coloco is also out for this game. He's dealing with a respiratory issue. And their first-round draft pick, Grady Dick, is out. He is on G League assignment. For the Lakers, uh, Gabe Vincent is out. Rui Hachimura is doubtful. LeBron James is questionable, but he always is. And then Anthony Davis is probable for this game. Uh, let's start with the spread here. Minus five in favor of the L.A. Lakers. Here's Scott hosting the Toronto Raptors. What do you think?
1: So, prop to the Lakers for beating the Clippers. Uh, Kind of a weird coaching job by Ty Lu there in the fourth quarter, which I thought was pretty abysmal. Ham was bad, too, but Ty Lu was especially bad. He benched uh, Kwai for basically the final three minutes. But the Lakers are still not a very good team. Toronto has not been good, but with this new roster, they've been more entertaining. They've been able to score a bit more. I'm going to lead to Toronto, plus the five. I just think it's too many points. Fun fact, by the way, the last 17 games, you know what the Lakers' record is against the Raptors?
0: Last 17 games against the Raptors. This is
1: straight up, not ATS.
0: 3-14. and 14.
1: That is correct. They are 3-14 and 14 oh. in the last 17. Well done. They are 3-14 and 14 in the last 17 games against the, uh, the Raptors. So, yeah, Toronto just owns this team. Why? I don't know. But the point is, I do think five's a lot of points. And you could argue the Lakers might be overvalued because they looked pretty good for one game. Yes, it was against the Clippers. I know it's a good win. They're yeah. still not a very good team. Toronto's not a great team either, but at least I'll point out they've been better since the trade. I'm going to lean to the Raptors here. I just think the Raptors are in a good spot to make this game interesting, maybe win, but I think a lot of people are going to buy in on the Lakers again because of one game, and they're going to ignore all the other games right before that. So give me the Raptors plus five.
0: Um... I think my only concern is, or one of the 80, concerns I have.
1: going for like 30 and 20 against Yaka Pertle.
0: Exactly. Um, but like, is it going to be like Christian uh, or Chris Boucher getting the start for the Raptors at that center position? Is it going to be Scotty Barnes trying to hold down AD? I, I, I think that's a concern that I do have. And also LeBron, we know he likes to attack the basket. Obviously, he's done that all throughout his career. And if they don't really have that true rim protection like they don't, especially now without Jakob hurdle, we probably didn't give him much anyways. Like that's going to be a free pass for the Lakers to get to the basket and score a lot of points inside the paint. So uh, I feel like I'm leaning towards the Lakers side here. I feel like
1: I tried to yeah. give the Lakers a shot on Friday night against the Grizzlies because they own the Grizzlies and they got buried yeah. in the second half. Like I, I tried, I tried as much as I could.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll go with the Lakers. I just think that from a matchup perspective here for AD and LeBron to just dominate inside the paint. Um, and also, Toronto has not been very good, obviously, defensively yes, since they made the trade, trading way. You're pretty much your best defensive player for two guys. Especially in Emmanuel Quickly, who's now the yep. starter for this team that doesn't play any defense. RJ Barrett, he gives you some length and you know can provide some type of defense. But um, I just think, again, from a matchup perspective in this game, that AD and LeBron should dominate inside the paint. But uh, total in this game here, Scott, what are you thinking? It's currently sitting at 236.
1: It's such a high total for the Lakers, but they've been so bad defensively with the exception of the Clippers game. And Toronto's going to go smaller, so they're going to want to go faster with Pirtle being out. So yeah. I guess I'm leaning over. It's I, I really don't know. It, it, it's because it's the Lakers are really tough to take overs with because of how underwhelming the three-point shooting is for this team.
0: Yeah, and the Raptors offensively, like they've been better now with uh, since the trade. I'll, I'll say that much. Let um, me take the last two games. They gave, they scored 130 against the Kings. They scored 133 uh, against the uh, Golden State Warriors. And the last five games for the Lakers defensively, uh, they are. Where are they? Number thirteen, but I feel like that number is a little higher just because of what transpired in that game against the Clippers, where they held them to 103 points. Um, I think I like I I think I like the over in this game. I know I talked a lot about how the Lakers at home this season have been an under teen and I'm trying to pull up that exact number here. Twelve and six towards the under at home are the uh, LA Lakers, and then uh, the Raptors on the road this season as far as their Total will go 11-7 towards the over, but I'm curious to see like what what the pace is going to be in this game here as well. Lakers, we know traditionally they've had life pushing the pace over the last five games. The Toronto Raptors are number nine in pace, um, and their offensive rating is at 123.5, which is number four, and the Lakers, as far as pace goes, they're at number 14, right above league average as far as pushing the pace. So I'll lean towards the over in this game. Uh, player props in this game here, Scott. What are you looking at?
1: I think I got to mention AD, at least for rebound, something with AD. Like, if he doesn't go off in this game, then there's something wrong. Because yeah. he's against Bouch- probably Boucher. Like, yeah. They don't have they don't have anybody. And you might remember, they also traded away one of their backup centers in Achua in that mm-hmm. OG trade. I think Achua sucks, but at least a big body. Like, I don't know what they have at this point. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think AD should... Have a monster game. Uh, trying to think of what else I like for the game in itself. I mean, LeBron should get to the rim every single time, but I'm assuming Barnes gets the matchups. So maybe Barnes ends up in foul trouble. Yeah, Barnes kind of has a weird role with this team now because he was one of the main scorers, and then they got quickly and buried, and they take a lot of shots. I don't mind Scotty Barnes under for points because uh, Siakam's also had a good run recently. Uh, but let me quickly just pull up the uh, point numbers for uh, the Raptors recently, because I know Barnes has not exactly been lighting it up on the scoreboard. And I do yeah. wonder if the uh, if the uh, oddsmakers have fully reflected that uh, it's at 19 and a half. OK, now I'm not really that interested. I was kind of hoping it'd be in the 20s. Um, do you see much in general or do you just want to take quickly stuff?
0: I yeah, I think I, I really do like quickly threes in this game. Um, it's at two and a half at around minus 115. The Lakers over the last five games are tied for the second worst three-point uh makes allowed uh per game. At around 16.4, they're tied with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and quickly now being in the starting lineup for this team, he's getting the shot attempts that we thought he should have gotten uh when he was with the New York Knicks. But um Over the last four games with the Toronto Raptors, he's at five attempts, eight attempts, 12 attempts, and four attempts um, against the Golden State Warriors. But like I mentioned, with D'Lo probably matching up on Emmanuel quickly, I I don't hate the points prop, but I think it's a little bit of a correlation that if Emmanuel quickly gets over his points, he's probably knocking down at least three three three-point shots. And... This was something I was discussing with the prop queen uh, this morning, uh, Ariel Epstein. That if so, we're looking at um, Emmanuel quickly, that in 14 games this season where he scored at least 18 or more points, uh, that's his points prop right now at 17 and a half. 13 of those, sorry, 14 of those games, he's hit at least three three pointers. There's a little bit of correlation that if you think that Emmanuel quickly is going to get over 17 and a half points here tonight then he's going to at least hit three three-pointers. So at two and a half, I don't hate it, especially if I do think that the pace is going to be up in this game, and especially with that defensive advantage that, uh, or the offensive advantage that quickly he's going to have with d trying to guard him. Um, I like that. If you want to take the points drop over 17 and a half, I don't hate that. The assist may also be there for quickly. He's had 10 assists in the last game against the Warriors. He had eight against the Sacramento Kings. And also the Mints are there for him as well since he came over in the trade uh, with the New York Knicks. So that was one that I really did like. You mentioned AD rebounds. Historically, he hasn't done well, but I'm not sure he's going to be rebounding the basketball for the, or who's going to be trying to box out Anthony Davis. He should dominate on the boards here tonight, but those are the couple I was looking at.
1: Yeah, I think I'm also tempted by a really obscure prop, but kind of like Cam Reddish under one, uh, one-and-a-half assists at minus 130. Mm-hmm. He's had two assists combined in the last three games, and his minutes have completely tanked. Uh, to go through his minutes in the last couple of games, he played 32 against Memphis. I don't know why. He still had zero assists, but I don't know why he played 32 in that game. Uh, the last five games, though, 18, 22, 19, 32, 20. So Reddish has seen his minutes kind of deteriorate, which makes sense. I don't think he's any good. Uh, but the, Reddish, the point is, what does Reddish really do with this offense? He stands in the corner and occasionally shoots. That's it. Yeah. He doesn't do anything. So you're looking at other guys having the ball the entire time. But once again, if you have two assists combined in your last three games and you've gone under this number in four of the last five and you're probably the fourth option to handle the ball, maybe the fifth option on the court. Yeah. I'm going to go with your under one assists assist and minus 130.
0: All right. Uh, anything else for this game?
1: Uh, no, that's it. All
0: right. Uh, so that is, excuse me, the last game of the night. Uh, let's get over to our lock-in dog for this game here, Scott, and then we will get out, uh, give out our underdog fantasy lineup here for tonight. You want to lead us off?
1: Yeah, uh, so for my lock on the show, I, a part of me really wants to take Sacramento, mostly just for the spot, but I know that Sacramento is not as good of a team as everyone thought they were going to be entering the season. Ah. Uh, I, I'm, I really just – I don't know if I want to do it or not. You know what? I think I'm going to trust my instincts on the last game we talked about. I'm going to go player props. Give me Cam Reddish under one nap assist. Let's get weird with it. Uh, once again, under in four of the last five minutes have kind of uh, been uh, really just getting less and less over the last week or so because he's not very good. And he never has the ball in his hands. So it's yeah. pretty tough to get assists when you never have the ball in your hands. He stands in the corner. Think of all the ball handlers on this team whether it's going to be LeBron, you're going to have 80 in the post, you have Reeves, you have D'Lo, you have a lot of guys who handle the ball. Reddish is not one of those guys. So give me Reddish under one-and-a-half assists at minus 130 as my lock. For my dog, I got to do it. Give me Marcus Smart, four plus threes at three to one. Let's get weird with it. He's made four plus threes in back-to-back games. He's attempted 13 plus threes in each of the last two games. Dallas, you mentioned before, is not a good defense at guarding the three-point line. And Marcus Smart without Jaw should get either a boost in minutes or a boost in shot attempts or both. Give me Marcus Smart. Four plus three is a three to one. All
0: right. All right. So for my lock for tonight, um, I just don't see how the Pistons are going to slow down the Sacramento Kings. Um, It's a big number for a reason, but Kings team total over 126 and a half. Uh, I gotta go with it there. Um, I mean, we mentioned it, and you mentioned it that the three best offensive players are on the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, are the three best players even on the court? Are on the Sacramento no Kings? No offense to
1: Duran, but right now, I think the three best players are on the Kings. yeah.
0: So with Malik Monk, with De'Aaron Fox, with Demonis Sabonis, I think that this team should have success and bury, or they should bury this team um, at least scoring wise. Um, so I'll take the team total over. It's a lot of points, but again, do they walk into 130 against this defense? That has been the worst in the entire league over the last five games. I, I think that's a real possibility, so I'll give out the Kings team total over 126.5. Uh, for my dog, um, I think the Magic are in a good spot here. Magic first half money line, maybe. I know that train has cooled off i know we were all over that at the beginning of the season uh as it was far fun. As, fun. yeah fun. um yeah let's go orlando magic first half money line plus 136 right now is what i see um again we you know we talked about at the beginning of the season that they were really good at home i think that for this um Minnesota Timberwolves team uh, on the road. We talked about how they are not very good as far as, you know, their spread record and their straight up record um, are the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I'm trying to pull up the numbers exactly of what the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves have done on the road in the first half. So over the last 10 games on the road against the spread in the first half, the Minnesota Timberwolves are three and seven straight up. While the Orlando Magic uh, are trending water at four and six, but I do think that they come out and like they have been all season and play well in the first half at home. So I'll try to get in with, that, uh, get with my money and get out. Orlando Magic first half, money line plus 136 as my dog here for tonight. Uh, Scott, let's put together our Underdog Fantasy entry here for tonight. Again, make sure to go to underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use that promo code SGPN. You'll get a uh, first deposit bonus of up to $100. Uh, again, Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. All right, so let's see if they have Marcus Smart listed yet. I don't think they will. Yeah, they don't have it listed yet. Um, You want to go Anthony Davis in some capacity, rebounds or points?
1: Yeah, what's his uh, – well, I'll ask, what's the points, what's the rebounds, and what's the PR?
0: So points, 28 and a half, rebounds, 13 and a half, and the PR is get a 42 and a half.
1: I mean, do you want to just do points? Do we think he just scores 30?
0: He should. He Um, really should. Yeah, we'll trust him here tonight. All right, so let's go Anthony Davis. Higher 28 and a half points. Um, What else are we looking at? Let's see.
1: Do you want Hardenstein rebounds? you worried yeah. about a blow out
0: um I think he could he's a guy that can get that within three quarters because he's been getting the minutes there's not really much depth behind Hardenstein I mean if you want to consider Jericho Sims
1: he's had 19 his, plus rebounds in two of the last three games
0: yeah it's at 11 and a half right now
1: yeah I'm just saying 19 plus in two of the last three games is so wild
0: yeah we'll go with that all right so we'll go Isaiah Hardenstein Higher 11.5 rebounds, and what else did we like? I wish that's smaller. Trying to think of what
1: else is even on the board. I mean, do you Being want, like, sub- Suggs? Do you want Suggs threes or something? Like, do you want? Oh,
0: yeah, Suggs. Um, let's see if they have it. Suggs. They don't ha- two, Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they have two and a half
1: threes. Okay. All right. We'll do that. Uh, yeah, I think that's fine.
0: Okay. Uh, or do you want to go points 15.5?
1: Uh, let me just quickly see how he's done points wise recently. Because he's got I mean, a not, shot volume. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, I'm not sure if he's going to actually get to 15 and a half if he doesn't hit the threes. So we might just want the threes. I mean, he's attempted at least seven threes in each of the last Five six games. games. Yeah, six so games, yeah. I, I feel like we kind of have to t- consider taking the threes. Once again, the volume's just there.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's do threes then. Well, yeah, so that's what. Right. okay, I already have that. All right, so we'll go, our entry for tonight, Anthony Davis, higher 28.5 points, Isaiah Hardenstein, higher 11.5 rebounds, and Jalen Suggs, higher two and a half three three-pointers made. Uh, that uh, $50 entry will get you a return of $300 here for tonight uh, against, uh, or sorry, this uh, entry for the Tuesday night card in the association That'll wrap it up for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here?
1: No, not really. I'll be back once again tomorrow with Terrell, and looking forward to the games tonight. Yep, Uh, another
0: five-game schedule here for tonight in the association, so it should be a good night of hoops again. Hopefully, we do put some more money in the pockets of our listeners, and like Scott mentioned, uh, Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow, same time, same place Uh, for the Wednesday uh, schedule in the association. Uh, Make sure to follow Scott on uh, Twitter slash X at Shell Radio. You can follow me there as well at SportsNerd824. More importantly for the 75 of you watching, just smash that like button for us before you guys get out of here. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel. We would greatly appreciate it if you guys would do that as well. Uh, Good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it go. Right.